Bill Anthes, welcome to the Warrior Soul Podcast, man. How are you doing? Chris, thanks for having me on, man. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing well. Thank you. We uh we met each other over at the Warrior Angels Foundation four by four by forty eight, which I've been talking about a lot here on the show. Uh, it was mm. an epic event. Uh, got to know each other a little bit. Uh, but for the audience at home, uh, you want to give them just like a, a two minute synopsis of who you are, where you're coming from, and and what got you to this point. Yeah, sure. So I was a uh, college athlete, you know, soccer player, athlete my whole life. Um, went to school, went to, went to Muckler State University here in New Jersey. Was an All-American, uh, finished, started working in the corporate sector, doing like accounting at Price Waterhouse. Hated that. Saw the direction my life was going. That was away from the direction I wanted to live. Uh, quit that job, joined the military, joined the army um, with the hopes and dreams of becoming a Green Beret. And I, I successfully completed that pipeline and that training. The month before, or two months, three months before I went to basic training, I met this pretty amazing blonde woman who rocked my world. Uh, we were just kind of friends at the time, but had maintained a friendship um, who is now my wife. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a stepfather to two, two pretty awesome kids, two fur, fur children as well, two labs, a uh, small business owner. Um, of a company called Between the Ears, and I'm also finishing up my master's degree in social work to do the therapy route as well. And um, yeah, man, that's that's the quick. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I we ran together one of the legs, and uh, uh, well, in my case, more like limp together <laughs> on one of those legs. Um, and and you know. You were telling me a little bit about between the years fitness and 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 um, how you do things, and it seems like such a, a, a special way you go about things. Can you tell us a little bit about that business and and how you started that? Yeah, for sure. So you know, with fitness, we're we're in like the fitness industry, so we do remote coaching with people. Uh, my wife and I, she she opened up a CrossFit gym in 2008. Mm-hmm. So she's been in fitness pretty much her entire life. Um, and unlike most small boutique gym owners, she's actually like made it make a living out of it. So she's like truly a professional. And then, you know, through our own education, through our own experimentation, and just frankly, learning more about the human body, the human mind, we've evolved to a system that prioritizes pretty much your, your intention and your nervous system over just what the calendar says to do on a given day. Um, you know, unfortunately a lot of programming is like, okay, Monday, you're going to do whatever, let's just say lower body Tuesday, you're going to do cardio Wednesday, you know, then you have the things like CrossFit that kind of say, Hey, you're going to do sort of all of that on the same day. And you're going to do that day in and day out, but you kind of get this, this, this no man's land of, um, doing, a lot of the sim- like same thing. So for example, like if all you ever do is high intensity, you don't get the benefits of long, slow. You don't get the benefits mentally, emotionally, either of like, okay, you're going to do a three hour workout now. Now what that's, what's that look like? So we approach it from what's your nervous system communicating to you based on stresses in your life and, and everything like that, as well as how does that meet your intention for how you want to use fitness to better yourself and better your life? And so it's kind of a, uh, a mix between physical fitness and kind of high, pretty high level training concepts made simple for the individual, for the regular everyday person who wants to train hard as well as, uh, train for longevity and, and keep right. going. So like when a lot of people hear this stuff, right, they, they have a hard time differentiating between fitness and longevity and all the, mm. the, these different terms that come up, come about. And and one thing I've discovered is that being able to perform and training for longevity are, are, are two very different things, yeah. right? And in some ways, yeah. they could actually counteract each other. Um, could you explain that? And, and how do you get those two to kind of coalesce? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point because you look at what people do. You look at the epitome, right? So if you were to take a pursuit and dial it up to the maximum intensity, right? As like the trajectory of that pursuit. 
and you look at Olympic athletes, you look at professional athletes, you look at anybody who does a specific thing for livelihood, they make sacrifices to their long-term health. You know, you see someone, Lyman are a great example. Right. Right. Uh, anybody else that specializes in a specific type of fitness and mm -hmm. performance by specializing in it, they neglect other things. And in those other things could be joint health, tendon health, repetition, right? Recoverability, just wear and tear because your, your job in that point is to perform a specific function and that's fine, but that's a shorter burn, right? Longevity, you know, basically we want to be able to do stuff for, for forever. And then one day just kind of have that be the end from a, from a capability standpoint. Right. And the two are often at odds, you know, um, and, and that's, you know, each, each person, that's each person's prerogative to really say, no, I want to specialize in this, but I kind of have this thing within the fitness space where if you're a lot of people and it's kind of like everyone wants to feel good, I think where, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm an athlete or yeah, you're an athlete. And it's like, I don't, I don't agree with that being an athlete. And if you're training for something, I measure somebody's training by the degree of their sacrifices, mm -hmm. not necessarily by what they're doing, but more so by what they're not doing. And when we prioritize performance, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that we're not doing that might be better for overall health. Um, right. And neither are right or wrong. It's just, who are you trying to serve? Right. And it, it, I also think like at different points in your life, you're going to be going for different things. You know, as I just explained to you, a lot of, a lot of the audience, uh, combat veterans, U S Marine Corps, U S army. And, and, um, you know, I remember when I was a young PFC, I was coming to my unit and I saw this old man and it was our, uh, company first sergeant. And I remember how he looked right he 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 had trouble walking he was he was kind of hunched over you know he looked like the oldest man in the world at the time to me but you know looking back on it he was younger than i am now <laughs> i yeah, think he was in his like late, late 30s right and i i yeah. think about the amount of abuse we probably put ourselves through between the training and 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 you know the heavy loads and things like that the wear and tear on the lower body but also, you know, um, the lack of sleep, the, the probably trying to keep ourselves awake too much with tobacco, uh, yeah. drinking on the weekends and things like that, that, that takes its toll after a while. Right. Sure does. Yeah. And that's in addition to the cost of the job, right? You know, your nervous system, we are constantly training and and exposing ourselves to stimulus that's going to say, when fight or flight comes, I'm going to make sure I fight and don't even have to think about it. It's just going to be a response and it's going to be an aggressive execution of the most lethal form of whatever you know tool we have at our disposal at that time. To get to that point, that conditioned response, you have to expose yourself to an incredible amount of stress mm -hmm. by way of stimulus. So you look at the total stress tolerance over a career, either a training cycle or a career, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's huge. And, and, and we need stress. We need the stress to create that adaptation, to create that response, right? This stimulus response adaptation sort of is like the conditioning thing. And we need stress. However, then you couple that in with partying, drinking, not sleeping, stimulants, shitty relationships, mm -hmm. uh, it just everything is kind of in that one bucket. And when everything is in that one bucket and it's just all sympathetic nervous system overdrive, fight or flight all the time, you know, that other side of the, of the uh, coin is, is getting neglected and that's where we recover. You know, that's where we, we need that other, other piece. Nobody's saying don't go hard. It's just like, don't go hard every fucking time you do everything and anything. <laughs> right. Right. And that's something I, I think a lot of people neglect. You, you mentioned shitty relationships, right? Like, and, and I mean, I've been in a lot of shitty relationships and I'm sure a lot of our audience members have too, just given the, the profession. But, um, you know, I think, I think we 
tend to negate the impact that that has on us both mentally and physically because you know if you're dealing with those types of stressors constantly that's like a slow burn at your soul um, and if you're dealing with that constantly it's it's going to have an impact and it's going to have a measurable impact on who you are as a person how you're able to perform and how you show up in the world i agree man yeah i agree and i think if you were to try to like use this because sometimes it does get like I don't know. It does get a lot sometimes, you know, when you start going into uh, neuroscience, when you start going into some of the science-y like things about this. But if you were to think about your body and yours as a system, as an org, you know, it is, there's various components of that. And so there's various rooms or, or and then your, your body and your system is like a house. And there's various rooms throughout that house. And each room has a different kind of intention, right? The bedroom where you begin and end the day, right? Well, how you begin and end the day, right? What activities you sort of do to yourself, right? To begin and end the day, you begin and end the day, maybe with some, with some presence, maybe with some gratitude, maybe with some intention of like, okay, this is what I've got going on. Right. And, and, and whatever you got the kitchen, right? That's where you prepare and consume food, generally speaking. All right. So that's like going to be the, the kitchen of your mind. Like, what are you ingesting? What, what's the quality of the food that you're, that you're having? That's like definitely some relationships, your consumption. What are you consuming? Media, all that stuff. You know, the living room where you basically gather and socialize and humans, we've, we've come this far because we had the ability to band together and socialize and be like, Hey, you have spear. I have spear. Let's go kill some shit and, and dominate the planet. So the, the, the living room component of the mind is very much that social element. Mm -hmm. And if you were to have a house without a kitchen, that's not a house. If you have, sorry, it's my dog. If you were to have a house without a, without a living room, you know, that's like just a, you know, a place to sleep and, and, and shit and, and, and make food. And that's not really right. a house. And right. so that's like, I think that part of, we have to look at our, our system. We have to look at who we are and our, as an, as a functional organism with these different components and intentionally be aware of and action what those necessary components of us do, you know, right. and, and it's a challenge, man, because it, it really is, it does go against quite a, quite a lot of um you know it goes against cu certain cultures it goes against societal expectations and norms you know because right. we like to def we like to reduce things down to like one thing it's like oh so you're saying don't ever go hard it's like i'm not fucking saying that just saying don't just do that all the all the time right right i i definitely hear you on that you know want to ask you uh what are some some you know simple practices that people could start implementing to, to, to start to integrate this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I think first of all, it all begins with awareness, mm -hmm. right? It, it, if we, if we don't have the awareness of ourselves, then we can't discern the signal of what's accurate, what's true, what's merely existing. Right. And Beginning with awareness, you know, that is where something like meditation or breath work really does help with being like, hey, let me pause real quick. It's just like a patrol, right? What the hell is going on? You know, you mm -hmm. do your own sills. Stop, look, listen, smell, right? With yourself, though, apply that inward. Mm -hmm. I teach people basically, you know, you think about like a stoplight, red, yellow, green. What type of day is it? Right. If it's a red day and that signal is being like, listen, stop. And you try like it's like here you're at an intersection it's a red mm -hmm. light there's some intersections where you can look left look right make sure there's no cops and go through the intersection and it's pretty safe right there's other intersections where it's like that red light like if you're crossing a double highway or whatever you know two lanes going east, like you're not going but if you try mm -hmm. to cross that you're 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 at a certain point right you might get lucky but now you're playing the odds so if, if your signal, if your system is telling you, stop, 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 and you continually override it, mm -hmm. there's probably going to be some, some price to pay chronic disease, further acceleration, more breakdown, just being the first sergeant who can 
you know, probably smoke a pack of cigarettes and yeah. bang out a five miler, but he can't get out of his car without being in pain. Right. <laughs> you know, a caution, the yellow light, you're coming up to this intersection and it's like yellow. Uh, yep. Sometimes it means accelerate and punch through it. And other times it means step on the brakes, you know, mm-hmm. we got to be aware. What's that? What's a yellow light signal for me in my life? A green, green light. It's like right on it, right on rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, it's like, just because it's a green light doesn't mean that you might not get T-boned that some other asshole might not come through the intersection. Right. And, and hit you. Um, so, but without that awareness of yourself and without that focusing on the signals, forget all of the stigma and all of the, well, I'm a pussy or I'm a, you know, that's weak or anything like that. Like that's not that this, the body doesn't care about that. That's the mind putting a story. It's, it's really about the state that process of getting to know your nervous system and what it's communicating to you and then understanding what sort of your actions how your actions have a have an impact on that i mean that's like a higher form of intelligence i think yeah no absolutely absolutely i i got to ask you this because i know quite a few green berets um just being involved with with uh, warrior angels foundation um, you know, at what point in your career or, or was it after your career that you started to understand this stuff? Because, you know, it, knowing a lot of people from the special force, forces community, I know that a lot of, a lot of these guys, they go through and it's go, 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 go. And, and, you know, by the end of it, they're, they're having neurological issues. They're having issues with, with, uh, you know, the impact of traumatic brain injury issues with hormones and things like that. But you, you, you seem like you're in extremely good shape. I've, I've watched you run. I've, I've seen you interact with people. You're, 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 you know, and not to say that these other guys aren't well put together, very well put together, but, but they've gone through some some deep struggles. Um, did you, did you experience a lot of those struggles? And, and, uh, if so, how did you overcome them or were you able to recognize them early? Yeah. So I really learned, started digging more into this as a result of my own struggles. And previously it was, look, I was, you know, a college athlete, um, good, you know, high performing athlete. Some of that, some of the intuitive training stuff, I learned sort of as an athlete, you know, you learn that in season. You're like, I can't go hard every single session. I won't be, I won't make it to the end of the season, but then that switches to every time I trained when I was in the military, the only thing going, not the only, but the, the loudest thing going through my mind was if I have to rely on my current fitness to drag a buddy behind cover to a bird get out of a truck, whatever it might be to, to, to engage, close and destroy whatever it is I'm dealing with. This current state is not good enough because how could it ever be right? How could you ever be like, yeah, no, I'm good, man. No, not when there's life on the line. And that drove everything. So my, it was very much just go, go, go more, more, more. And you know, I, I had a back injury um, from a jump, uh, and that started to really, I think, kind of that started to kind of mess with me mentally as well. Because now all of a sudden, well, what if I'm not going to be able to physically perform? Especially right. me, I relied on my physical capability. You know, I was I it was a talent. You know, I, I had that was a strength of mine. And then it's like, well, that there's a there's like a little dink in the armor there. And then, so I got out. And then I just tried to basically apply the same methodology towards my life. And I just kept hitting a fucking wall. Mental health goes down the shitter. Um, You know, that was really like the biggest thing. Like, yeah, the mental health component, like life just wasn't working. Had, uh, you know, battle with suicidal ideation and, you know, real close one night. Um then you start, you know, people that, you know, take their life and yeah, it's like, what the hell is happening? You know, this, what is going on here? Like, why isn't what was working? Why isn't that working now? And right. it was because, you know, I needed to learn a new kind of needed to learn a new way to live. And I think at the, 
at the center of that was I needed to learn now who, like, who really am I? Who am I without this thing? Who do I want to be? And that process was super painful. Um, you know, even to the point of recently going on a psychedelic uh, retreat and, you know, really trying to, really trying to work through that stuff, you know, because right. it's like fitness and mental health is one of those things. It's like, Hey, physical fitness and mental health. We all know when we work out, we feel better. But what I couldn't figure out was I'm fit as fuck. Why do I feel like death? Why do I right. not feel like I'm alive inside? I, I I don't get it. They're saying mental health and physical fitness. And it's like, yeah, because, because of trauma, because of TBIs, because of just your own, like you're, you're, you're not just one component, you know, your system, there's a physical leg for sure, but there's a mental, emotional, and a spiritual legs too. And I think about like a stool or a chair, a four-legged chair. You take two of those legs out or you just try to have one. Now that's a crutch. <laughs> now that's a still. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's been, I've, I've, much of the stuff that we do now is just, I'm a student of this as well. Right. And, you know, I think that's the thing, like, I don't have it figured out. I, I know some things and some things make more sense to me than others. And, you know, it certainly has been helpful in my life and clients' lives and others. Um, but it's always a continuous evolution of learning, applying how to go, learn, apply how to go, just rinse and repeat, you know? Right. Right. I got to, I mean, I want to ask you more about that psychedelic journey, but you know, the, yeah. one of the things I've, I've noticed is that, you know, exactly what you mentioned, because I've been pretty physically fit my whole life. Right. Like I've, I've always, I've never been not physically capable. Right. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I've noted. Hey, I lost you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry for the interruption guys. So, um, as I was saying to bill, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, 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 you know, I've always been physically fit. Right. I, I think I've been more physically capable now, even than when I was eight, when I was 18 years old. Right. Because mm -hmm. I, I have more time to work out. I focus on it more and things like that, but I've noticed other kinds of chinks in the armor, um, that are more mental in nature, you know, like losing my faith probably in, in, in losing my spiritual faith, but also I think in a lot of cases becoming increasingly jaded with, with my fellow man and, and, and being increasingly socially isolated. There was like a five, six, probably seven year period where I, I isolated myself a good bit and didn't, I, I would spend, you know, probably a whole day without talking to anybody until my girlfriend would come home from work, you know, and, and I, I don't think that's good. And I noticed something with, with a lot of men in particular is that when we hit the age of like 30, 35, we tend to isolate, we get away from our tribe, we get away from other men. Um, we hang out only with, with our, our partner, you know, and, and, um, I, I don't think that's good. Um, and I've been trying to kind of figure out more and more solutions for it for, for me on a personal level, but also trying to think about it on a, on a bigger level. How can we overcome that? You know, for me personally, one of the things I've done, I've, I've joined a jujitsu gym. So I'm not mm. only, you know, practicing fitness myself. I have kind of a tribe there. I started nice. doing stand up comedy. And so I kind of have a, a camaraderie with, with these other comedians and I, I get out more and I do those kinds of things, but but I think also, you know, moving geographically closer to, to people that I know and love and that kind of thing. Um, and also being associated with things like WAF where, where, you know, we have, um, you know, the, the, the discord and I'm talking with people like you and with Norm and with Andrew and, and with Adam all the time, you know, that kind of stuff helps to, to keep a tribe going. Have, have you noticed these types of things in your own life as far as, um, you know, dealing with that socially. Cause 
you know, with Green Berets, one of the things I always respect about you guys is you guys are like, you're people orient. You're a people oriented service, right? Everything you guys do is about is about developing humans and 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 uh, going into other countries and and kind of developing assets there. And and you know, I I, I feel like you guys are awesome at it, but I also feel like a lot of a lot of you guys as you get older kind of lose that too. You know? Yeah. Um, I think what's funny about that is pers- personally. I've noticed I've 100% felt that, that isolation professionally, my whole job, my whole small business is about connecting with people and providing them a service of helping them feel and operate better in their lives. And it's this dichotomy between knowing, I say a lot of people, but like, it's not, it's not, thousands of people by any means but there is a relationship there it very much is that similar to the you know the green beret mission you know train advise assist a company like all of that uh build 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 quote unquote build people up and so there are relationships there but there's also and a little bit less of an extent now, but there's also some relationships where it's like, but that's also a client. And so when you start to also get deep into this stuff, the therapeutic relationship is a sacred relationship. Your right. therapist is not your friend. Right. That's a tricky thing where you start to know how some of the system goes, some of the healing, some of the mental stuff. You start to kind of pull on some strings and open some doors, and all of a sudden, somebody's telling you about their their trauma or a significant, whether they call it trauma or not, an adversity and a challenging situation that still is having them struggle. Mm-hmm. So then there's that natural thing of like, hey, I need to. We can be we can be cool, but there needs to be some distance. Right. Personally, you know, my whole life, I I actually, I grew up like with this real, with like just a feeling of, I like just intense loneliness mm-hmm. for, for a very long time. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was active. I was on teams. I knew a bunch of people. I was, you know, I wasn't, uh, I certainly did not live like have no socialization, but as far as genuine human connection, uh, I spent a lot of time alone lonely and that's something that i still feel you know i still feel like that loneliness um is a major is a major part of mental health challenges right. when we get fractured from meaning and belonging when we don't have a purpose we don't have a tribe and you know purpose and people man that's what fills that void and what fills that crack that's some hard shit right there and, right you know i think your your point about you know, connecting with other men and not just kind of relying on, on, you know, our spouse or significant other or wife or whatever to fill that. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a long history of men needing that connection to other men. Um, and I think it also your wife, girlfriend, whatever significant other, like they can't be the only thing either. That's Mm -hmm. putting a lot of on, that's putting a lot on them, you know? So, yeah, it is. It definitely is. And I think that in some ways, you know, our, some people say you've got to be completely open with your, your partner and you got to let them know everything. And, and I think in a lot of ways, that's a mistake because if you do that, you're, 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 you're throwing a whole lot at them. You're throwing a whole lot at them. Yeah. I mean, I think the big things, sure. You know, like big, like the headlines, but like the nitty gritty, everything. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. In my experience too, like depending upon the strength of your relationship, of course, but they're, they know, like if they know you, they, they see you, they're around you They're You can, they can feel your energy. You know, everybody that walks into a room, like we, you intuitively can be like, yeah, no, I don't know. Something's going on with that person mm-hmm. or like, Hey man, are you all right? Like, like, yeah, yeah, you know, but your partner, they, they probably know as well. Like, I think, you know, one of the things is I think we think we're better at hiding stuff than we are. Yeah. And 
instead of trying to have that pressure of I need to hide this from my wife, having the outlet to be like, okay, I have someone I can I can talk to that I that I trust that won't judge me that is just open that you know we can roll with or work out with or in a you know therapeutic setting or just you know friendly like whatever it might be whatever that person needs um you know not having one person be responsible for all of our stuff because we're not going to share all of it anyway right um i want to get back to the 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 psychedelic plant medicines and uh the journey you took um you know what led you to that uh because i while i feel like the world is kind of opening up to 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 that stuff you know i i was having a conversation and i won't name who it was but um a friend of mine who's who's running for public office is is a veteran and um you know he kind of laughed me laughed me off the phone <laughs> I, I said you know you need to look at this stuff and and, mm-hmm. and everything you know and i think there's still a, a heavy stigma around it um yeah what what led you to it and um uh, you know, what, what was it that, that you went to? So a buddy of mine who was in the army, who's in special operations went through in October, uh, vets. So veterans exploring mm-hmm. treatment solutions, Marcus and Amber Capone are the ones who's, who's founded that. And he, uh, he went through that and called me shortly thereafter and was like, Hey, I just went through this thing. You need to take a look at this. And it wasn't like a, you need to take a look at this. Cause I'm worried about you, but yeah, he follows me on social media. We know each other. Um, he kind of knows like kind of what I like my, what I'm into, you know, health and physical and mental and emotional. And he's like, you know, not only this isn't just about getting high, this is about helping the brain. And this is about giving you access that you can't get from just thinking your way through things or journaling. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I, I hundred percent agree. Like there's only so, there's only so deep we can go by ourselves. Right. Same thing with scuba. Like at a certain point you need a tank to get to the deeper and stay at the deeper kind of things, tanks and weight. And that's kind of what these plant medicines are like, but deeper within, within yourself. And so that was um, like in October, and uh, the next day, Marcus and Amber Capone were on Andy Stump's Cleared Hot Podcast. And I said to Kay, my wife, I was like, hey, that's who Ben was just, this is the same thing. And so she listened to it. And she's like, yeah, you need to listen to this. And so we listened to it, actually. We listened to a lot of it together. Um, and it was scary how similar the story was. It was really, it was like, it was almost like hearing an echo and some of the same conversations, the same situations, you know, we kind of looked at each other like, whoa. And, you know, I never, I was never a drug person. Um, I have, I've, I haven't drank out. I've stopped drinking alcohol for mm-hmm. three years now uh, and I won't go back, but I was never really like, you know, I don't know, but being in mental health, I've been sort of following and being aware of like, hey, psychedelics are having profound impact on people with mental health. Johns Hopkins is like leading the charge. There's some like you know, doctors that I really respect that are um, saying, hey, these are these are helpful. These are good things. And um, <clears throat> so I had been aware of it. So I was like open. And then, you know, also just wanting and needing my own healing. Um right. You know, and so we she we listened to that, and she really led the charge. Because otherwise, I'll be honest, like and this is the hard part. I probably, it's a snowball's chance in hell. I would have really pushed for it myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing with also with people with social support. You know, sometimes like when you're in it, it's and when you come from I think a, a service oriented background, taking care of yourself. Is like the hardest thing you can ever do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed and fortunate to have a wife who one is still with me and two is, you know, saying, Hey, like, um, I'll be, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'm going to lead this charge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I went through vets, uh, a vets retreat in, 
uh, January, mid January. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, which, uh, which compound did you, did you take? So we did Ibogaine and then five MEO DMT. Okay. Toad. Yeah. I've heard a lot about that combination. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to describe about it or, uh, want to leave I mean, it I, I have no issues talking about it. I've talked mm-hmm. about it publicly. Um, I'll say the, the Ibogaine is traditionally they, like they refer to it as like the stern grandfather. Mm-hmm. It's usually not a pleasant experience from what I gather. Um, mine, I felt, uh, I felt a level of peace I've never felt before. So who the hell knows what that's all about? Um, you know, but it, it was like, I was, I learned during that. I, it wasn't, I wasn't seeing anything. I wasn't really hearing anything. It wasn't what you normally think of like with an LSD trip or mm-hmm. any sort of traditional psychedelic. It really, to be honest with you, it was underwhelming from that standpoint. Now mm-hmm. that was my experience and everybody's experience is different. One of the right. other dudes who I was down there with definitely saw stuff. So, and it's not, that's not why, you know, like if you want to see something, rent a fucking movie, if you want right. to heal and like, right. you know, get some stuff, then like, you know, these are, these are for that and, and, and whatnot. So that was that. And then um, we did that on Wednesday night, to Thursday or Tuesday into Wednesday. And then Thursday we did, the toad five meo dmt and that was i mean that was an that was insane that was um just yeah. an indescribable kind of thing you know mike tyson's talked about it you have this it's just launched to this different thing but i also had an experience of hell mm-hmm. and that was the most horrifying thing i've ever probably experienced but from what I understand and from what, you know, integration coach and different people within the space say is like these medicines amplify what's already within you. Right. So for me, my own manifestation of hell is something is a behavior pattern is a way of thinking. It's a way of living that I've already done Mm -hmm. this, these medicines and these compounds they just turn that shit up to like level a hundred <laughs> right. and, and, and put you in it. And then it's going to be, it's, it's, you know, I think the thing with these, with the plant medicines is that they're the catalyst for change. Mm-hmm. They're not the actual change that right. occurs. Right. What are you going to do as a result of your experience? Mm-hmm. That's where I feel I can get on board with that. Unlike you go to a clinic, you go to a pharmacy, you go to a, not to say there's anything wrong with psychotropic medication. I get it. There's a time and a place, but the Western model of here's the pill, numb the symptoms and play basically fucking whack-a-mole. That's not, that's really not solving anything. No, no. Um, You know? And so that's, it's, I can get on board with this, you know, and, yeah. and I'll be honest, like since my retreat, there's, there's still days where I'm like, the risk, like now, like you feel the responsibility to live. I wanted to, my, some of my stuff is like, I'm much more on the depressive side. Mm-hmm. I've felt dead inside. Like I was not living. I've said that for years, for, yeah. for years and you know, not for, for sure to my wife. And so I experienced that. I experienced this hell, absolute nihilism and got some shit out for sure. Like got some evil out. I, I, I feel like there was also this void of a lack of spirituality that got just put in my face. And what filled that void is this erosive power of feeling dead, you know? And so that was already within me and that these things took that and just jacked it all the way up. Well, now I feel the responsibility to live. And right. one of my intentions going into this, and you know, like you think about, you, you know, you have a couple coaching calls before you go in. They're very much about, hey, what's your intention? Like it's, it's, you know, all of that. And one of my intentions was to feel like, to feel what it's like to live, to feel life. And right. the medicine's not going to do that. I'm going to do that. It's mm-hmm. a self empowerment kind of a thing. It's no different than, 
you know, any intense experience, right? You learn from that. That shows you something, then you apply it moving forward. That's what right. these medicines do. And that's where I think for for each person it's going to be different. But that's the beauty of it because it's 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 almost as individual and bespoke as it gets. That's awesome, Bill. That's awesome. Um, you know, when I want to kind of swing it around toward uh, the event we just completed with the Warrior yeah. Angels Foundation, um, which I I got so much out of that. Um, you know, not just the run itself, but but being there with everybody and and kind of having this tribe there and, 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 you know, feeling the love and, and the, the, you know, the camaraderie that came with that event. Um, you know, what was your experience there? Um, and, and, um, you know, uh, maybe a little bit about how you got in touch with the warrior angels foundation yourself too. Yeah, for sure. So I <clears throat> did my retreat January, like 17th ish middle of January came back from it's a week long came back from that and was like took a full break from social media pretty much took a break from exercise like i needed to just be like what the hell just happened because you come back and you're like well like the integration phase is is super important any you know it'll, you'll take off but you got to figure out how to land too and so ran, like after a week or eh, probably like a week and a half two weeks I popped on social media and I was going to delete the thing. I was going to, I was just like, fuck this. This doesn't have any part in my life. That's probably not the right answer for a small business owner, but <laughs> yeah, I was definitely toying around with the idea. Cause I'm like, no, I need to focus on me and blah, blah, blah. And, I, and you know, I, I do, I, I use it more than I probably should. Um, but I'm definitely like not someone who's like always posting it on there and stuff, but either way. And then I see that's put up this thing doing this four by four by 48 looking for volunteers and a client of ours um, had done it last year mm -hmm. and, you know, being a fitness guy, it was kind of like, Oh, right on. Like that would be pretty cool. And Hey, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're looking for a fundraiser thing. We've got, you know, gym and people and stuff. So we, so I just reached out and was like, Hey, we'll, we'll volunteer fully thinking like, we'll just have a sign up page, raise some funds and, you know, run it around here. And, um, Amber Capone asked if we would want to go down to the actual event and represent them in person in Houston. Awesome. It was like, yeah, right on. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and it was, you know, to, to, so my wife did it a week before mm -hmm. uh, on her own up here. She had someone run with her almost every time, but you know, it was not an event. Like she still did life and, and everything too. So she did it. And then when, you know, we went down there, she obviously was helping volunteer and stuff. And, you know, to be with people, to be with people who a lot of veterans, a lot of, um, you know, to be with a bunch of people who there was no bullshit, right? There was no, it was just like open heart coming together, good conversation, sharing in something, you know, obviously chief Phil and the native American guidance mm -hmm. and welcoming was that reached me to a, that reached me at that reached that spiritual void that I as well have been unaware of how much that's been negatively impacting me. And that really kind of filled me up there. Um, and then of course, you know, me, you spending time with you and, and everybody else that was there, just, just making good relationships and connections. It, it was, it was a amazing you know, 48 hours and it gave me hope too, for what, what's possible, you know, yeah. moving forward. Yeah. It was such a, um, it was an awesome event, you know, learning about chief Phil, learning about, uh, you know, all the spirituality and the, 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 the ceremonies they did for us and, and, um, you know, getting to meet everybody. That was, that was the best part. I think the run, the running definitely had a central role in everything, but like, it wasn't the only thing we were doing there, which, which I thought was amazing, you know? Yeah. 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 If it was just a race mm -hmm. and if people, not to say people didn't care about the running because I don't know. I mean, everybody, I don't know what anybody else cares about, but if it was just like, Hey, who's going to win this mm -hmm. or if it was all about the race or if it was like a race, I, I feel like that would have lost something. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the running, the running was like the beat of the weekend. 
you know, right. it just, it kept us kind of centered. It was like, okay, yep. There's every four hours. Boom. Yeah. Boom. boom. But what happened in between the beats was really the magic. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and that's, you know, that's that I loved it. I, I really did. I, I thought it was, you know, an amazing place and space and people. And, you know, I think the, I think what they are doing and what their vision is, is, uh, is, is, is amazing. It's beautiful. Really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've known Andrew for years. I've known Adam for years, just two really great people. And, and I really love what they're doing and, and what they're trying to work toward and, uh, you know, I try to support them as much as I can. Um, yeah. you know, I want to finish up just talking about you and, and your future. So you're working on this master's of social work right now. Um, yes. and, uh, and you know, you're pushing forward and you, you toward your own vision. Um, yeah. where do you see yourself in, in, in a year or so? I'm so bad at that question, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> it's I'm an unfair so question, right? <laughs> it's like, I remember I did a goal setting thing before the army and, uh, they were like, where do you see, where do you hope to see yourself in five years? And my answer was just alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, in a, in a, in a year from now, best case scenario. Um, so I'm interning at the VA right now. I know the VA gets a lot of, gets a lot of heat and I'm not, I'm certainly not defending that. I, I, I like I said to somebody, I, my own, experience with the VA from a, uh, from a client standpoint, I would not be leaving a five-star review by any means. Right. But I also think that where I am, it's the best way to engage and serve veterans. I'm in suburban New Jersey, outside New York City. There's not a lot of veterans around here. You know, right. it's not a military town. It's not, it's, it's, it's a way to stay connected and to serve. And, and, and <clears throat> I want to be part of the solution. I never want to be the person who just sits there and points out problems. You know, I think that, that, that person creates more problems. Right. So in an effort to be part of the solution through mental health, as well as with my own sort of professional development and this and that working at the VA, just doubling down on alternative approaches to mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, that are holistic that might not include plant medicine. I don't think it's an, it's not a, like a one, you know, it's not a one size fits all thing, but, you know, really trying to integrate smart fitness, uh, whatever, for whatever that is for somebody, you know, depending upon their right. quality of life, nutrition, you know, some of these more, some of these non-pharmacological approaches and interventions uh, to get people moving, to get people feeling better, that kind of a thing. And I definitely want to be more, I want to take formal sort of, you know, therapy, therapist training uh, with plant medicines. You know, I think, um, I think I don't have any interest in administering any of these plant medicines. Um, one of the reasons being like they are, well, it's like the peyote ceremony we did. Mm -hmm. You could acquire some peyote and ingest it. Right. But, what made that special was the ceremony, right? You know, was the, and there's a sacredness to these things mm -hmm. and I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Um, I view myself in somebody's healing journey. If they choose to do plant medicines, Hey, let's do some good work on who you are and some preparation beforehand. Then you're going to go to wherever you go and, and do whatever you do. And then we're, and then I'm going to be here for you when you come back from it and, you know, kind of be in that runway for, yeah. uh, for takeoff and landing for folks and, you know, building my, building our private practice, you know, my wife and I run our, we have an in-person gym, uh, sure. small training facility, you know, in person, it's, it's thousand square feet, but, you know, really just, just trying to serve and, and, and spread the light, man, because it's, it can, real dark real quick and yeah you know that's that that despair and hopelessness and apathy and nihilism is a f it it is fucking killing us yeah uh, it is. so big just time. trying to yeah just trying to spread that light big time man well that's awesome where can people connect with you so unfortunately social media is probably the best place <laughs> uh my handle is bill anthes 
a n t h e s my mm-hmm. business between the ears b t w n the ears and then between the ears fitness those are uh, those are the best places awesome man well bill i just want to acknowledge you man um you know I really appreciate the insights you brought here. I, I really appreciated meeting you and, and your wife down at uh, at the WAF four by four by forty eight, and and I appreciate you you know exploring these things because I feel like, you know, yeah, VA gets a bad rap, but but we can't expect the government to to just do these things for us, right? right. It's got to be us as a community. Right. And I, I think people like you who are leading the front and, and, and pushing toward these things and exploring these things and, and bringing information to the community uh, and, and, and also guiding people toward them, I think that's amazing. And, and that's the bread and butter of what I think is going to get this community to where it needs to be. So, so thank you so much for that. Um, you have anything you want to end on? No, I mean, first of all, thanks for the kind words, Chris. It, you know, it was awesome to you know meet and connect with you too, and looking forward to you know future friendship and whatnot, and and just staying connected. And I think the thing to end on that I my message would be like, you know, just connecting to hope, just just trying to cultivate a little bit of hope. If you're down, you know, if 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 it's the darkest night, like you know, there is hope out there, and whole and and fight for that you know and i know i was so cynical about hope up until probably a year uh, i don't know up until not that long ago right and everybody says hey hope is not a method hope is not a method you know yeah i get it a former administration ran on hope and it's like well what did that do and you know what i mean like i get it I, i i certainly get all of that and i agree hope is not a method but looking at hope and finding some hope and creating some hope will lead you to the method. Right. And that's, I think what we need to fight for, um, you know, and so hold it, like holding on to that. You might not have the answer right now and it might be a long, painful road in it, but fight for that hope and know that, you know, know that there is hope out there. Um, that's it. You know, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Bill. And, and, you know, to everyone out there, I hope you're, you're catching this message. You know, I, I hope that you're finding hope in your own lives and, 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 you know, if not working toward trying to, to develop some hope in your own lives, because, uh, that's what life's about, right? We've got to be here. We've got to live this life one way or the other, and, and, and we should do it to the best of our ability. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I, I really do appreciate everybody who comes to this, this podcast each week and, and who allows me to, to talk to awesome guests like this. Um, you know, I want you to enjoy the rest of your weeks and get out there and live your best lives while you can. Uh, this is Chris Albert and Bill Anthes, and we are out.